And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bear Down Sports Association podcast, episode 90 today. Your host, TJ Savaro, joined alongside me today, the pod father himself, Ryan Morick. Morick, how are you doing today, kid? Uh, I love that nickname. I always and forever will love that nickname. Um, it's been a while since I've been on here, too. I feel like the last time I was here was... Last season. Yeah, probably last year. I don't know. If it, it feels like much longer because, you know, I retired and everything. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for anyone who doesn't know out there, um, Ryan Mork is actually the reason why I ever even started doing podcasts in the first place. Mork was a beast and still is a beast at obviously doing podcasts, creating content, things like that. So, Mork, anytime you are on the podcast, it's always, it's always fun, whether it's, you know, this one, a different one, just anytime we get to – Link up and record the conversation. It's always fun. Yeah, man. Always. Uh, you, we, we've we've done a lot of work outside of this podcast too. And speaking of this podcast alone, I don't know if you said it at the beginning or not, but this is the 90th episode 90th. That, we're, that we're recording right now. Yeah. Um, that's a testament to you. That's a testament to this league. That's a testament to Kurtzman and how far this league has come. I remember. And, and, and I have to shout my dad too. My dad's been on lot, 90% of the episodes. Yeah, that's yeah, I know it's crazy. I remember when this league, when it was just Kevin Riley and, and Kurtzman, like years ago, we were it would be me, Kurtzman, Dean Rovatini, Justin Suarez going to Dean's house and doing something on like some little app. And uh, you don't realize it when you're playing, but sometimes you have to like take a sit, take a seat back and really see how much this league has grown. Yeah in the last three years and, and uh, I'm so appreciative of it. And I don't want to get too soft here, but, but there are definitely times where I sit back and I'm like, Oh my God, like this league has, has gone to the next level for sure. Yeah. It's awesome. And you know, it's honestly just the name bear down BDSA. Now my, my hoops program is BDSA hoops. So it's crazy how that shit works. Shout out to everyone who followed the BDSA hoops, Instagram page as well. I'm posting stuff on there. Obviously I'm coaching, doing a lot of stuff with the kids. I saw, uh, I saw Tommy Gaunte tonight playing in a men's league game. So shout out to Tommy. He asked where the podcast was. But uh, let's get into this uh, this week six preview here, Mark. Let's get into these games. That's yeah, not man. good to you? Absolutely. I can't wait. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. As always, it's a no edit podcast. So let's get right into it. Florida against Wyoming, nine o'clock slate. Mark, we'll start with your game. I'll start with you. How are you feeling about this one? How are you feeling about your team? Uh, uh- me personally, I'm feeling two ways about it. I mean, we're obviously riding hot right now. And I, I said it to our team last week, that doubleheader against LSU and FSU. And, I, and I've played in back-to-back championship games in this league. And I don't think I've ever had as much fun as I did last Sunday. Hmm. The competitiveness was unbelievable. The fact that we were down 12 nothing against Florida State in the second game of our back-to-back and yeah. came back and – the refs and this and that. And last week was our third game where we had a game winning drive with less than 10 seconds left. So it's easy to see where we are coming from, but coming off of two big wins, I'm looking at the standings right now, and this is probably the biggest game that Florida has played this year. They're sitting right at three and three. And if you look at their stats, their point differential is four. So they are the definition of a 500 of a 500 team and that's with Jarrock running all over the place and we haven't seen something like that yet I mean yeah we've seen mobile quarterbacks but we are facing a team that is right in the midst of a playoff spot and 
in my opinion, I, I think in their opinion as well, this is definitely their biggest game of the year. So just because we are coming off of a big win against the highest scoring offense in the league uh, six days ago, we're certainly not taking this team lightly. That's for sure. Yeah, I think this game right here, like you said, biggest game of Florida season. Um, if they get this win here, obviously people will say they are super legit. I think a lot of people think they're legit as it is, but this would be a legit win as you guys are obviously Wyoming team is undefeated. But, um, you know, we I didn't mention at the top of the podcast, I probably should have. Kurtzman is in uh, – it was, it was in Cancun. Kurtzman. I don't think Kurtzman knows that he's in Cancun. Yeah, Kurtzman. <laughs> he's in Cancun. He's taking a flight home tomorrow. He's, he'll be back for, for the league on Sunday. He'll be ready to go. But um, there's a there's a hilarious meme floating around now of Kurtzman on the Odell, the infamous Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, week before they play the Green Bay Packers in the playoff boat picture. Uh, there, there's an edit of, of Kurtzman on that boat, which is absolutely hilarious. So if you guys lose, I'm definitely going to be posting that everywhere. Uh, but, my, um, one complaint, my one complaint about the picture is why is he photoshopped on, on Trey Songz? Trey Songz. That's the, that's the funniest <laughs> part about it to me. I think that's the funniest part about it. But um, about the game, I think this one's going to come down to you guys need to pull flags. And we're going to see how legit your yeah. defense is because you guys have done a really good job this season of obviously pulling flags. You're the number one defense. Um, you guys hold teams to virtually no points ever. Um, this one's going to come down, though, because Drock threw the ball really well last week. Could he have a repeat performance? And are you guys going to be able to stop him when he when he's on the ground? Like, are you guys going to, you know, communicate well enough? Which up to this point in the season, you definitely have. So um, I'll start, Morik. I like Wyoming in this one. I like you guys. Um, that's, again, I, I'm going to pick. I, I feel like I pick against Drock like three, four weeks in a row now. And I keep saying it's nothing against Drock, but nothing against the rest of that team because I really like that team. I, I really like their line. We gave them a lot of praise on the last podcast. But um, if you hear the snoring too, that's my father literally snoring next to me. <laughs> but uh, but um, no, I I really do I really do uh, think Wyoming's gonna come out. I think this can be a really big game for you guys. This is a statement win, get you to seven and zero. Obviously, every game at this point is kind of a statement game um, for you guys to prove to keep proving that you know that you are worthy of being this undefeated team. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm rolling with you guys in this one. I, I'll say uh, if I had to predict a score, I'll say something like. 34 23 34 22 kind of a thing well we're averaging 18 of the game so if we if we I mean, jump yeah, in, I, want, I, I wanted to say that as well i think you guys are gonna have a big offensive week well well, well we need it and, and that's the thing that we've been talking about too i mean we need this game where uh, I, I know christian was saying it and he actually he he i don't know if he gave himself a half a day but nonetheless he he, he got the half a day this week and i think that was his first one all year but point is we we do need th that offensive game where we just blow somebody out and that might be tough to do coming off of a doubleheader and we've seen some undefeated teams in this league in the past take it take the foot off the gas pedal later yeah. on the season and we are certainly not trying to do that i know that it would be awesome to go 9 and 0 in the regular season and then undefeated through uh, the whole way through and you mentioned picking against Jarok. i mean also in the same breath, I mean, is, there's really not a, a reason to pick against us at this point. We yeah. have allowed the least amount of points uh, on defense all year long. You get Mike Danino back? We're getting Mike Danino back. And we just held the highest scoring offense in the league to 19 points. And that was in our second game of a doubleheader. So mm -hmm. I think that the, that's even more of a testament to our defense. So I'm obviously riding with our guys, but... Again, we're certainly not taking this team lightly. This is going to be a, a 
they battle in the trenches with Jodell and Jawar. And yep. I, I haven't faced Jawar in a long time, and I'm really not looking forward to it. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's going to be fun. Drock and I were talking the other day on, on the gram, and we were throwing some jabs at each other. That was fun. But it, it's going to be a good one. All right, let's move on to the other 9 o'clock game. Good one here. Very, very good game. Very big game in this one right here. Oregon against Blue Mountain State. Mork, I'll start with you. How are you feeling about these two teams? Well, we had the, the last one that we were just talking about. We had one team fighting for a playoff spot. This is two teams fighting for a playoff spot. And one of them was in the semis last year. Took my Dolphins to pretty much the last play. And an, the Vingargano led team, BMS, who took us to the last play in that quarterfinal game. Um, it, it's wild to see that these teams are a combined uh, six and thirteen. Yeah, no, I'm reading. I'm reading that wrong. Uh, oh. I just doubled everything. Uh, five and seven. That's what they are. Combined. I was say, I was <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I just did that. But Oregon's three and three. Blue Mountain State is two and four. And, and to be honest with you, I really haven't watched these teams in depth a lot, but. The fact that Blue Mountain State's point differential right now is at a minus 32, that's telling. And you would think that a team with Vic Gargano and his guy in, in Vinarina, and he gets a big receiver in, in Paul Ferrali, you would think that just because you're giving up 20-plus points a game, you would think that they would be able to rebound off of that. And they certainly haven't. And in the same breath, you look at the Oregon team, and they have this three-headed monster. We really haven't seen much of that this year. Yeah, yeah Zach, Zach hasn't played in a few weeks. Zach's been oh, out. Yeah, you're right. Um, Oregon, though, they obviously have played better. They've been competitive in every single game this season. Uh, you know, last week was a tough one against IB, you know, reuniting with Justin in that for that game. But, um, you know, we talked about them through the first five weeks. They could have been 5-0. Oh. Like, they're, you know, one or two plays away, three or four plays away from being 5-0. and oh. Um, and then, like you said, Blue Mountain State, I guess if you had to pick a most disappointing team up to this point, I think you would pick LSU as number one. Mm-hmm. And then you can make the argument for Blue Mountain State number two because we love their roster. We love Vin Gargano as the quarterback of the team. It just hasn't fully clicked. Um, last week they got – I mean, you know, last week they got a, a win and a primetime slot in the 1 o'clock game where everyone was watching against the Alabama team who put up a good fight, who played well. But, um, you know, they played they, – that was probably Blue Mountain State's best game as a team throughout through that game right there. Um, I just think that uh, in this one, I'll start with my pick here. I'm going to go with Oregon. I think they overall up to this point have been playing better. than. Do you have Oregon's point differential for me, Mark? Well, uh, it's at 12. 12. Okay. So they're what? My, uh, plus 12 or minus 12? Plus 12. Plus 12. They're plus 12 and Blue Mountain State's minus 32? Yeah. So a little bit of advanced analytics tell you that. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we're, tell you the sharp the strong to be on Oregon in this one. But in in all seriousness, though, um, this is a, a huge game, game of the week potential. Blue Mountain State. This is I feel like this is a must win for them, even more so than Oregon. And I know because Oregon's already got those three wins, and we think that it's going to have to be four to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's I think that might be the magic number. So Blue Mountain State's got to make it happen. Like it's got to be. It's now or never for them. And I don't think it's exactly at that point for Oregon, even though they have a doubleheader this week and their second game is against Dartmouth, which up to this point has been a tougher team than Blue Mountain State. So you could make the argument that Oregon, this is a must win for them. This this might be a win and clinch kind of a game. But um, Blue Mountain State really needs this one. And it's going to be tough. I know my dunk, my hungry dog runs faster theory, but uh, I'm going with, with Oregon in this one. 
and, and everything that you said about it being a, a must-win game, that's why I'm going to be taking Blue Mountain State here because okay. I will never doubt Vin Gargano in a pressurized situation. I think that they have been in – he has been in too many games to let any moment get to him. And I know that their defense has not been all that good. But, again, Oregon's offense has not been that good, and they pretty much have had the same team for almost a full calendar. Well, I shouldn't – it's not – it hasn't been that long, but <laughs> he's had the same weapons. He's had almost the same – Amir and, and Steve. And again, you, you mentioned Zach, but they also have Joe Pip on that team. So, that offense has been a little bit disappointing, just as Blue Mountain's defense has been a little disappointing. But yeah. – this is an offensive league, and I think if you're not putting up points on a consistent basis, you're going to need a very stout defense, which Oregon is a good defense, yes, but it's not next level just yet. That and the fact that this is a must-win game, Blue Mountain State, if they, they know that if they go two and five, they're done. Yeah. Oregon knows with the loss that they'll be okay, and I don't, I don't know each of their future schedules, but if Blue Mountain State goes to two and five, they know that they need a lot of help. So I'm going to go them moving to three and four. All right. So remember, Oregon, when if you win, direct your hate at Ryan Morick this week. That is Ryan Morick from the Wyoming Cowboys on the podcast this week. Hey. All right. Uh, let's move to the 10 o'clock slate. Let's stick with the team that we've already talked about. Let's go Florida against FSU. Big time game. Both of us have Florida coming off a loss in this game. FSU coming off of a one and one doubleheader week last week, obviously lose to Wyoming and then gutting out a tough one in their second game of their doubleheader against Ole Miss. Um, how are you feeling about this uh, this FSU team after playing them last week, Mark? Well, I think that they are learning a lesson where they can't take a team that's coming into a second game of a doubleheader lightly. And I think that once they jumped out to a 12-0 lead against us last week, I think they thought that they were going to coast. And obviously that was not the case. But also, I also feel like in that game, we also had them on a fourth and long. And it took an insane throw and catch from Augie to Justin, who lost about three different people to make it 12-0. So I just think that they need to look at Florida as – a team that's going to be hungry for a W and assuming that we do have them coming off of a loss, they're going to be even that much hungrier. And one thing I will say about Florida too, is that they, they have really, really good team chemistry. Drog knows how to keep his guys in the ball game. He is not afraid to tell them what they are doing well, what they're not doing well. And I feel like they have a very, very good camaraderie. And that's something that I, I have to give them credit to, by the way. No, that's a good point. They definitely are um, one of the more connected teams in the league. They're definitely – they definitely enjoy playing with each other, and they definitely have fun every single weekend when they come. So that's really what it's all about, and they and they really do uh, – I do agree with you that Jarrock, you know, is blunt, and he's uh, he's definitely a good leader. Um, I think FSU – I'll start with my pick. I think FSU is going to win this one. Uh sucks that I'm picking Florida to go 0-2. I feel like I picked against Jarrock in fucking 10 straight games, but uh, – that's the way, they that's the way it bad, is. They, they've had a bad draw of it. I mean, the, everyone – people are saying that Wyoming and Florida State are probably the two best teams in the power rankings. So, yeah. it's not like we're saying that Florida is a bad team. It's just the fact that they've had a tough go of it. This, yeah, we're, this we're week – going to have a tough go of it this week. This week, the uh, they would play number one and two in, in most people's power rankings up to this point in the season. Um, I like – you know, I think this is a big bounce-back spot for Florida State. 
um, obviously it's it's cooled off now, but like all, but in preseason, Augie and Jarrock were beefing in the captain's chat, like they were talking mad shit to each other. So I hope some of that comes back for uh, for the game this week. That would be fun. Um, I don't know, maybe a little bit of a intel. Jo- Jodell was in the huddle for Florida State last week. Maybe he's taking it back to Jarrock, saying, "All right, this is what they do. This is what they're looking for. Yeah. These are things to look for." Maybe maybe we get some of that in this game, but I like uh, FSU in a big bounce back spot right here. And I got Florida at O and two this weekend, which I do not like doing. Yeah. I'm going on your side here. And I also think that we're considering that they're playing us uh, at 9am. I think that our defense is going to wear those guys out. And I think that, I think that that just makes the second game for them even tougher. So I'm going to go with with Florida state here as well. All right, let's go to the other 10 o'clock game this week. Ole Miss against Alabama. Have you seen any of these two teams, Mark? I've watched Ole Miss here and there. We scrimmaged them a while ago, and I played against Alabama when I subbed for MSU. And when I when we played against them, I think we won 24 to nothing, and they were switching back and forth between Abby and between Dev. And I said back then, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Hmm. But it – it kind of sounds like they got a little bit of a better idea. I mean, they've had some circumstances that have gone a little bit of awry, but it kind of seems like they're finding their identity a little bit. Um, last week. What's that? They played well last week. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, they, they, you can never count this team out because they do have very good athletes. I just think that they've been trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. And most of the time what they're trying to do, it just hasn't worked. Um, but again, they, they do have some really good athletes on, on this team and th- they're going to compete. It's just a matter of, of if their offense can move the ball down the field. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the big loss for Ole Miss last week, I was talking to Tommy about it today, devastating loss. Kirschman mentioned it too on the last pod with Dane Lupton being out. Uh, uh-huh. Dane, like the leader of their defense, he calls their defense. You know, him and Tommy have been playing ball for a long time together. It's a tough loss. He told me today that one of Giuseppe's boys is subbing in for him, and Giuseppe swears by him. So hopefully that this kid that's coming in could make a big impact. Obviously, I don't think it will be as big of an impact as Dane makes, but let's hope that, you know, he could. Maybe he comes out and proves me wrong with that. Maybe he comes out and is an absolute beast. So that would be good for them. They're coming off of an 0-2 week last week. Tough loss, like 0-2. You know, a lot of people liked Ole Miss. A lot of people had had a lot of – you know, hope for that Ole Miss team. A lot of, a lot of, they looked like very, a very promising team. And to go 0-2 last week against, you know, Dartmouth and then FSU, two of the better teams. Now people are kind of starting to question how legit they are. Uh, I talked to Tommy today. He was in good spirits. He thinks that they could win. Like he thinks they could win it all is what I mean by that, by win. He thinks that he has the team that could get it done. And they need to get back on track this week. Alabama, I, I agree with what you said, Morik. You know, if you had two quarterbacks, you had none. Dev looked good to me last week. Dev's a good athlete, moves around, makes plays, throws the ball. Emmerich had a monster day, had three touchdowns. Like, you know, they're still alive too. If they go 2-0 and this week in their uh, in their doubleheader, then there'll be three wins with the, with the last week of the season to play. They could get to that magic number four still. So even though they only have one win on the season, they're still not out. And if they come out and they get a big win against this Ole Miss team going in to play TCU at 12 o'clock, I think they have a chance at it. So if I'm them, that would be my attitude. I think they would have a chance. They have to run the table from here on out. But with that being said, I'm picking against them. I'm going to take Ole Miss in this one. I think Tommy bounces back in a big way, and I think the return of Pauly Caldonado will really help them out, and I think they'll be ready to go in this one. 
Yeah, Ole Miss scores a, a little bit over 25 points a game, and Alabama allows 27. So uh, I think that right there is, an, is enough to for me to pick Ole Miss. But uh, you mentioned it. We'll go a little bit more in depth later. But Alabama does not play the toughest opponent in TCU later on in the day. So so they know that that they do have a chance. And, and again, if they get to three wins, they won't control their own destiny yet. But they'll be more more so in the thick of things. That's for sure. But uh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to go with Ole Miss here. All right, me and Mark are both on Ole Miss. Let's move on to the 11 o'clock slate. Start off with a really good one, a team we already talked about, Oregon versus Dartmouth. Morris. Dartmouth is good. How are you, how you <laughs> feeling about this one? I think Dartmouth is is very good. And I feel like, they, I feel like they're the Yankees. I feel like they're so good in the regular season, and then for some reason they just can't find a way to get it done in the playoffs. We saw that with Joe Piscuela and Nick Tompkins last year. They had the lead late in that final game. I want to see them take this next step, but I also feel like they might have they might be taking their foot off the gas pedal here because they are in first place in their division, and they're looking at Florida State, who is the heavy favorite against Florida, so they see that Florida is going to win. Mm. They could take that one of two ways. They could take that as, hey, Florida State is probably going to win, so we need this W to keep this one seed, or they can lay down and see that they – do have a, a, a tough opponent, but again, Dartmouth has a very good offense that I think they are, I think they rank second in the league in points scored this year or, or yeah, they're, they're actually tied with Florida this year. Um, but yeah, th- this is going to be a good one. And if they're playing Oregon, right? If Oregon's coming off of a W, they're going to be riding hot. Yeah. I mean, so. they're, they're going to come into that one. Um, if they are coming off of a win, which I did predict, um, they will be, you know, that that will be uh, – that might be a clincher for them. So maybe they, you know, a little sigh of relief. For Oregon. Yeah, yeah. If Oregon if Oregon's coming off, then they might have that uh, that clinch. But, um, listen, Dartmouth is super focused. Joe is as focused as anyone in the league. So yeah. they're going to be ready to go. They're not looking over this team lightly. Um, these are two quarterbacks in Piscopo and Suroff, who I think you can make the argument for the two quarterbacks who have improved the most over their tenure in the league. I think mm-hmm. Joe Piscopo will be number one from where he was in his yes. first start to where he is now. And then Suroff, you, Suroff or Galante, you can make the argument for two. So yeah. um, I think, th- you know, this is going to be a good game. These are probably the two teams – in the league who are probably the most well-prepared along with, I'd say Wyoming as well, but um, you know, super well-prepared, you know, people are going to be watching film. They're going to be ready to go on this one. Uh, tough game, game of the week potential. Definitely game. Of, Oregon has oh, two yeah. game of the week, game of the week potential. So I think this is a really big week for Oregon. I'm going to go with Dartmouth in this one. I think right now people could have them at two in the power rankings as well. I know they're one of the teams that a lot of people around a lot of talk around the league is they're in that elite four group. Um, I'm taking them over Oregon in this one. I think the second second game in the back to back could prove could do Oregon in and be the difference maker in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for now I'm going to take Dartmouth also, but I do think that if Oregon can win that first game, I know I didn't predict it, but I'm certainly not ruling it out. I do think that if Oregon can win that first game, 
they're like I said, they're they're going to be riding out with some momentum, and, and they're going to be feeling themselves, and they can definitely beat this team. Now, again, the second game of a doubleheader against one of the higher scoring teams in the league with a defense who allows just one more point than you do throughout uh, uh, on average. So the cards aren't necessarily in Oregon's favor here, but we've seen enough from Suroff and Joe Pip and this defense that where, where they can put a stop to it again, same game of double header. So we'll see, but the official pick is Dartmouth, but Oregon will compete. Yeah, no, I think, like I said, game of the week potential. It's going to be a really good game. These these are two of my favorite teams around the league to watch, so I will definitely be tuned and hopefully filming this one. Let's go to the 12 o'clock slate. Alabama against TCU. We've already talked about Alabama. How do you feel about this TCU team, Mark? I haven't watched enough of them, but I, I've seen glimpses of Eric, and and I like him a lot. I think he's a, I think he's a very good – I think about a month or so ago – I was watching him roll out right from his own 10-yard line, and he threw a ball crossbody onto the left side, and he pretty much hit the goal line. And that was just pure arm strength talent, and he has some quick legs. I don't know if it's the fact that – I know he's played flag football in the past, and I can't can't point out to differences between his leagues and our league because I've never played in his leagues, obviously. So I'm not sure if he's – thinking that some things where he's played before isn't working here or, or yeah. vice versa. Um, if you have a good athlete as your quarterback and you have Dylan, you're, you're never not, uh, I'm never going to just write you off immediately. Yeah. I mean, I'm when I talked about the most disappointing teams in the league before I can't lie to you. I'm extremely disappointed in TCU. Um, I thought coming off the draft, I thought they drafted a really good team. Obviously, the injury to Ed Zalek hurts. But yeah. I thought they drafted a really good team. I thought they had a lot of depth. Dylan was really happy with the way his draft went. But Eric has not been the Eric that I thought I was going to see. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe I don't know. He's got uh, probably got a lot going on. It's been a long time since he played football, so I, I understand that he's probably rusty. But I thought they were going to be a top three, top four team in the league. Like, if you ask me about my power rankings – preseason i would have had them in a top four i would have had them in the upper echelon of the league i remember seeing matt monahan first week and i was like this kid is good they're they're, they have a good team i just don't get why it doesn't happen and why it doesn't go for them but uh you know we talked we've already talked about alabama i think i'll start the pick here i think tcu is going to win this one because they have to they have two wins alabama has to win this one too but I think TCU has the more experienced flag football players, obviously at the quarterback position, which is the most important position. This is really Deb's first time in the league. And yes, it's Eric's first time in the league too, but Eric, we know has played a lot of flag football and has been in the championship of our one day tournament that we ran. But I'm just, I just want to take this time to say that I'm disappointed in TCU and I hope they run the table from here on out. I hope they win out and I hope they're in the playoffs and I hope they can make some noise and right the ship. Because this will go down as one of the most disappointing teams. When you look at this roster at the end of the day, you'd be like, how the fuck did this team not make the playoffs? How did this team, um, you know, get exited in the first round? So I'm putting a lot of pressure on TCU. I'm picking them to win. I think this is obviously a must win for them. But they have to come out. They have to dominate. And they need to they need to get right before and hopefully make a good playoff run because I'll be really disappointed if it's anything less than that. And I also think that, well, first of all, are we getting a Dylan Shere versus Joe Denoy matchup by wide? Possibly. 
Probably. Oh, I assume so, right? So that's <laughs> that, that's gonna be fun to watch. Um, but I think if Alabama loses that first game, I think that that essentially knocks them out of the playoffs. And I just have a feeling that they're not going to want to be there. Mm, so with that being said, considering I picked Ole Miss earlier, and I am also a believer in playing double headers back to back, like in consecutive time slots, I don't like sitting down that hour and sucks. back yeah, up to play sucks. again. I know everyone – I'm not. I'm assuming that 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 was Alabama's preference, um, but it's just not for me. Get, keep me on the field. Um, but again, like I said, considering the fact that I picked against Alabama earlier, I think they're just going to be down and face their defeat. I'm going to go with TCU on here, and and like you said, the fact that they are still alive that has something to do with it. But I think it's just more so the fact that I think that Alabama just isn't going to want to be there anymore. And I hope I'm wrong with yeah. that. I almost want to go back to my pick from before and take Alabama that way. They can be hungry to, to play again at 12 o'clock. I just don't Even if they happens. lose, I hope they're still out there competing. Well, that too. Yeah. For the sake of the league. Yeah, of course, which I think they will. I don't think they would ever mail it in. So we're both on TCU. Let's move to the other 12 o'clock game. MSU against Texas Tech. Big note in this one, Billy D'Amato will not be there. Augie Garbalato is playing quarterback for Texas Tech in this one. That's How do fun. we feel about this game, Mark? How do you feel about this MSU team? I, I've loved MSU for a long time. I, I, I've been raving about Sam for, for a long time. His numbers don't lie. He has been certainly getting it done. I think that it, we talked about Piscopo game planning and, and this and that and how prepared he is. Yeah. Sam Allen is right there also. Absolutely. And, and, and you, your dad talks about all the time about how involved he is on the defensive side of the ball. Just because he's not on the field. He is, he is the one calling the shots. And their base defense is very good. They have Nick Douglas. They have Zach Bellheimer. Their D-line is elite. They have very good athletes over there. But Texas Tech has – I think they've been pretty competitive in just about every game that – they have played. They're under 500, but they have a positive point differential. So they've they've been right there, and they have come down to the last play. I, I, I can name it. I know they came down to the last play against us, yep. and they came down to the last play against Oregon. Yep. We're, we're 6-0, obviously, and in the beginning of the year, people were pointing at Oregon as probably one of the better teams in this league. So you can never count Texas Tech out. I, I, <coughs> excuse me. I think the Sadati kid is very good. I love Steve Ruiz and don't get me wrong. I love Billy. I think he's a great athlete. I think he's a very good quarterback, but all I, you asked me, I think Augie's a better quarterback. So I think that for this game, we can talk about miscommunication and them not playing together, but Augie's not dumb. Augie's a very good quarterback. He's going to figure it out. Yep. I hear what you're saying. Um, I'm done picking against MSU. Um, I think I picked against them every week. Uh, they've made me look stupid every week. I'm taking MSU in this one. I think their defense has been phenomenal, like you pointed out. I think they're hungry as hell. I think a lot of people are starting to take them more seriously now. Um, Douglas dominates, obviously. They play really well as a team. Sam, you talked about it, what Sam does. Um, I just think, you know, it's too much to overcome. Augie's never thrown balls to these guys. It's not like he's, you know, it's not even like he's subbing for a team that has, like, a bunch of his guys on it, you know? This is a team where he just never even played football with a lot of these guys before. Augie's playing the game before this. 
Um, you know, w- which so basically this is the second game of a doubleheader for Augie, which where he has that hour off, like you talked about. So, yeah, I'm taking uh, I'm taking MSU in this one. I think Texas Tech will put up a fight. I think Ruiz will have a big game. Abdul will have a big game. Guys, you know, Augie will, will, will have a good line. Obviously, they're well, they're well, well protected group right there. But I'm going with uh, I'm going with Michigan State. I'm done picking against them. Uh, I. I'm going to go with Texas Tech here, and Sam is going to listen to it. It's so funny because Sam texts me just about every day and says, why does the podcast hate me? And I'm like, Sam, the podcast doesn't hate you. Like, and, and, and I tell Sam all the time, I'm like, Sam, like, I'm your biggest fan. Like, I wanted, like, I, I wanted to play for two quarterbacks this year, and that was Kurtzman and Sam. Like, those are the only two people I wanted to play for. But I'm taking Texas Tech here because I think that if there's going to be an offensive line that will do a very good job against Nick Douglas and Zach Belheimer, aside from our offensive line, it's this offensive line. And you made a very good point about Augie not having the connection with Sadati and Steve Ruiz, but he's played with Anthony Latempa and he's played with John Harnish before, at least not on the same team, but they've they've been involved in this league for a time and Jake as well. That's true. So, I think Augie is going to have a legitimate talk with those guys and say, this is what I want us to do. And we know Augie is going to try to give these guys the W just because that it's not his team. I know Augie, I know Augie wants to try to win. And honestly, I, I think the fact that people were sleeping on Sam and they're seeing that he's five and two, I think that gives quarterbacks a little bit of a more of a, of a competitive edge where they don't want to be, the guy to lose to Sam Allen, even though that Sam is actually very good as weird as that might sound, but I think that's kind of a narrative here. But with that being said, I'm taking Texas tech because I, I do think that that line is going to hold up. And I think that they get the improvement at the quarterback position in this one from Billy to Augie. All right. Sam is going to definitely give you an earful about that one. Oh Let's God. Move I'm, on I'm, to I'm, the- I'm not sleeping tonight. Post post this like, just don't post it anytime soon so I, so I can avoid touching <laughs> Sam Allen. Uh, let's go to the last game of the day, the 1 o'clock slate, Georgia against LSU. Mork, how do you feel about these two teams? Uh, you said it before. The fa- LSU has been such a, a disappointment. And, you played and, them last week. How would you feel? I mean, we had – I don't want to repeat what Kersman said, but the first play of the game we missed three tackles – the rest of the game, I think they had two first downs mm. now. And uh, I think that we did a very good job of holding everyone up. I, our offense didn't light up the field. And yeah, we got bailed out on a tip ball that was caught by Matt Hughes in the end zone. Sure. Our offense locked out a little bit, but our defense w- was right there with them. Obviously we only allowed six points and we didn't allow any in the final 40 to 41 minutes and 40 seconds of the game or, or whatever it was. Um, I think LSU has, been, has just been trying so many different schemes. And I think there's got to be something that works, but, but they haven't figured it out yet. And whether that is an, an attack on the draft and that strategy, or uh, I'm not sure what it is, but, there's there's got to be some hidden sauce there because you can't have Sobes and spell together and be under 500. That's yeah. not supposed to happen. I mean, it's sad that we're 
you know, Sobes versus IB. Like, this is supposed to be the marquee matchup. Like, we're not calling this game of the week when realistically it should be. This was like, the championship game last year. This so. is, exactly. This is the champ- two championship quarterbacks from last season. Um, I'm excited to see who shows up for Georgia. Hopefully we can see their first, their, their, you know, their full team for the first time. What feels like a very oh, – I said, I said something to IB last week. What would you say? I was like, I thought you, got, you guys don't rock with subs. And then I, I, I go to the field. I see IB throwing at Justin and Giuseppe lined up in the slot. And I was like, y'all forfeited against us. Ooh. I went right up to IB. I was like, I heard you don't rock with subs. He was like, hey, my, my team doesn't come. I was like, that's not my problem. Yeah, I, I just hope – I hope we get a full squad there this week. I hope we well, see – Well, they're playing at 1 o'clock. No excuses. Yeah, I hope I hope we see the full team. Um, What's the record of LSU? Three and four. Hmm. So they were – they went one and one last week? Yeah. Right, and they, they lost to us and they beat Purdue, right? Yes, yeah. So they need they need this win too. Georgia is sitting at the five seed, I think. They are the third they're the third seed in our division. It's us at six and oh, Michigan State at five and two, Georgia at four and two, and then Oregon at three and three. That's at least in the division. So if you want to go by record, one I don't know. But they're sitting at the third seed in our division. Interesting. Um I'm gonna go with Georgia. I think that, you know, if if their full team is there and they're, you know, they're locked in, I think they're going to come out. They need a huge statement win. We're talking so much about the Wyoming defense and how good you guys have been, how good Michigan State's defense has been. We're forgetting that when Georgia has their full team there, they're arguably the best defense in the league. Last season, IB's team was the best defense in the league. And this season up to, you know, when they weren't, when they weren't, uh, when they, you know, when they weren't not showing up to games <laughs> and they were actually there, they were dominant defensively as well. Um, you know, that early in the season, we thought that TCU versus Georgia game was going to be like a huge matchup and they just got absolutely torched. TCU, they just got clamped the whole game by uh, by Georgia. So I'm picking IB and company. Um, I'm going to take him over Sobes in this one. I, I just think that their team's going to show up and they're just going to remind everyone how good they are and probably jump back up to uh, – the top of the power rankings, near the top of the power rankings in this one. As for LSU, this is, you know, if they come out and they get a win, then people could call them legit. Then we could say, okay, they're back. Soap is back. They're legit. But up till that, I'm just – I'll believe it when I see it with that team right now. Yeah, I I think I'm with you. Um, It it kills me to pick against Soaps and Spall because I I think – they have the potential to be, they, they, I mean, it's not even just Spo, it's, it's my body too. I mean, I remember keeping stats a couple of weeks ago when I wrote soaps to, to my body for 45 yard touchdown. I wrote that three times. So, and, and it's not just them. You you have Cody Norton who, who can catch balls and find the end zone. And Connor Friel has all of a sudden uh, emerged as a legit threat off of the line. But Okay, you you made a good point. You, you'll believe it when we see it. And the, we we aren't in wait and see mode anymore. The, LSU has played seven games. This is what they are at this point. Maybe if we gave them a, a 20 game schedule, they would be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But but in nine games and, and desperation mode, and it seems like they have tried everything. Yeah. And and it hasn't worked. And their offense putting up the points. They're, they're but their defense isn't. And then even though their offense is putting up points when it comes to crunch time, I have seen this offense not drive the ball down the field in the final three minutes of the game uh, on at least two occasions. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, I know I was talking smack about Georgia a little bit before, but uh, you are right. 
when when they show up, their defense is arguably the best in the league. I'm going to go with Georgia, but but I really I really deep down am rooting for LSU because a they need it, but b I I, I would hate to see a team with with that much firepower and maybe maybe it's not built the right way but they have a lot of firepower and it would suck to see them uh, i don't know what the, miss, the playoff possibly miss the playoffs yeah uh, th- that, that would just be bad for them and, and the league yeah i agree it would be crazy if a so led team missed the playoffs all right i forgot a game morick thank you yeah. for texting me and reminding me i definitely oh. forgot a game um 11 o'clock slate Dartmouth against Purdue. Let's get into that one real quick right before we get out of here. Uh, we've already go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, we've already talked in length about uh, Dartmouth. I was going to turn it over to you about Purdue. I just want to give them a lot of credit, honestly. Um, I, we we've had teams like this in the past where not a lot of the guys know each other, and I know that Deshaun brought in a couple of, of his guys, but he doesn't know most of the people on this team, and when you're 0-7 and you don't know a lot of people on your team, it is so easy to just be like, I'm not coming anymore. When they come, they, they put up a fight. And I have not seen them walk off the field like I've seen plenty of other teams in this league that compete and are competing for a playoff spot. I've seen plenty of players in this league who are on very good teams walk off the field early, not shake hands. I don't see that with Purdue. And I know that they're listening to this. Like we're not trying to take any, uh, we're not trying to take any moral victories here, but I, I do want to give kudos to you guys for that. Um, with that sentence, I, it obviously is pretty, it, it sounds pretty obvious who I'm taking. And I think they can even figure out what the picks are, <laughs> but they, they have, they do have good play. I, I love Rob and I love Johnny. That That's a very good line. Um, it, I, f- I feel bad for them, but at the same time, I, I do give them a lot of credit. And yeah. and next year, if Deshaun wants to come back in this league, I know that you and Brandon were trying to help him out with the draft and all, but hopefully hopefully next year and hopefully Deshaun can see more players in this league and, and hopefully they'll figure it out. Yeah, I do think that, you know, they've gotten better. Deshaun's definitely gotten better every week. Again, shout out to Deshaun. It's not easy to play quarterback in the league. Like you said, Mark, it's not easy, especially when you don't know a lot of the guys. And um, – you know, it's a, it's a little bit different. Like, a lot of their teams are new guys to the league, so there's no really, you know, not a lot of – there are veterans, not a lot of league veterans on that team. And I, th- I think that's the biggest reason as to why they struggle. Obviously, I'm taking Dartmouth in this one. I've already praised them and talked about how good they have been. But, uh, you know, like you said, Morik, hopefully Deshaun, if he's been watching, he's been scouting, he wants to play quarterback in the league again, maybe he can have, you know, more veterans or, okay, this guy's a winning player. Okay, this guy's got a lot of energy. He knows what he's doing on the field. He's always in the right spot kind of a thing because you need those guys on the team. You know, you need to get those guys in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round where you just have solid flag grabbers, guys who have been in the league for a long time. Just, you know, a lot of the guys talk about like Mikey Freeman or Justin Suarez or Joe DeMeo, like, you know, just guys like that. That, Those guys make up winning teams. Um, Obviously, we're both taking Dartmouth in this one. I think they roll. But hopefully, you know, Deshaun said he's determined to get a win. So hopefully, I, you know, they could squeak one out somewhere. But I just don't think it's going to be against Dartmouth. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Purdue's given up almost thir- over 30 points a game. So uh, I think I think it's very tough to just magically figure it out. 
uh, on, uh, on the, I mean, you're going to, you have the second highest scoring offensive team against the, the, the team who was allowed the most points Purdue. I just don't think that I just don't see them figuring it out. All right. Mark, we have anything else you want to say about the league, anything at all before we get out of here? I'm really trying to think, but I, 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 I think we are good. Just, um, there, there is one thing I know Crespin mentioned it. Um, just tr- try to try to be clean. Try not to leave a, a bunch of bottles uh, out in the open. Uh, Brandon and I have, have, have spent plenty of time picking up other people's bottles. Um, a, it's kind of gross because we're really not trying to pick up uh, your stuff like that. And God knows what you've done to it. But again, <laughs> it's not like it's not hard. Seriously, that we have garbage cans all over the place. We've all we've already let you guys bend the rules a little bit with, with, with parking and, and this, that and the third. We ask just one favor. Uh, just please. Yeah, but for yourself. That's all. Agreed, Mork. Mork, thanks for doing the pod. You know, I always love talking thank to you. you, man. I know I kind of invited myself, but thank you. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's, you know, <laughs> Kurtzman was out. We needed one. My dad's knocked out. You're in. You'd probably be back in. You know, it's super easy to do on Zoom. So this will definitely not be the last time that you hear Mork. Just sad, Mork. You know, we don't get it. It looks like, again, your team's probably headed to the championship. Uh, gonna not, not me and Mork aren't calling the championship game again, which sucks. So. The one time we did, it was an absolutely electric, legendary game. Had a legendary call by Morik that used to be the intro to the podcast when we were able to, you know, edit the podcast and do things like that. <laughs> but, uh, Morik. No, well, I've said, if we win the, when we win the championship, I'm doing two things. I guess three things. <laughs> A, getting the tattoo of the Wyoming Cowboys somewhere on, on my body. Okay. Uh, B, retiring. Oh. See, no, if, if I win a ring with Brandon, I'm done. Okay. See you I next said, season. Now, talk, <laughs> talk, talk to me in June. See, I am becoming the, the, the play-by-play guy. And Ooh. then we are back. Yeah, that would be, be super <laughs> lit. That would be super lit if we did do like play-by-play. One, few that was so fun. Yeah, dude. that was fun. Mork, it's been a pleasure, my man. I appreciate you coming on the pod. We'll catch you guys at the field on Sunday. Everyone stay alert for any updates if need be. We'll catch you guys then. Thanks, everyone. Peace.